0: Well, uh, thank you all again uh, for being here. We're delighted uh, uh, that you're here with us. And uh, we're going to continue our look at the book of James in just a moment. Uh, As many of you probably have heard, there's uh, several things about what's going on in our country today, a lot of violence and a lot of rhetoric um, that I feel is tearing our country apart. I really don't care uh, what party you belong to today but from the highest levels of our government uh, on both sides of the political aisle is coming some of the most evil vitriol that has ever been spoken in our country and uh, it's dividing us it's causing great harm there's rarely a word of unity or peace that you can hear now and uh, I can't do anything about that other than pray and ask God for his mercy. But I am the pastor of Christ the King. And uh, I'm asking you all, uh, with the authority of the session of this church, to refrain from using any of that kind of uh, rhetoric, either on your social media or in your private lives. And as we read this scripture today, um, I hope that it penetrates deeply into your hearts because this, is one of the places where God has called his church to suffer if need be and to be obedient and that is in the area of how we speak to one another how we speak about our country and our leaders may not like them there's some I don't like Uh, but how we speak how we think and what we're doing what's going on internally and externally as Christians we are called to rein those emotions in by command of Jesus and his apostolic word and so i implore you as your pastor to be very careful especially as we ramp up to this election it's going to get uglier every day and no one in leadership out there is is doing one thing even some of the church leaders are doing nothing to calm this down and you're going to hear james describe exactly what's going on a fire that is burning through our nation and turning people against one another so please hear the Word of God we're gonna read James chapter 3 starting in verse 1 talking about a very famous scripture about taming of the tongue and this is couldn't be more appropriate than today so now uh, hear God's Word not many of you should become teachers my brothers and sisters for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness for we all stumble in many ways and if anyone does not stumble in what he says he is a perfect man able to bridle his whole body if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us we guide their whole bodies as well look at the ships also though they are We bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursings. These things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree my brothers bear olives and a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. This is the word of the Lord. I had uh, the past few weeks I had an MRI. I had a cat scan uh, with contrast so they had to put stuff in my body so they could see deeper than just a regular. CAT scan, I've had blood work, I've had all kinds of things uh, because of uh, my ongoing, I look healthy, I know I look 25 years old, but don't let the outward appearance uh, fool you. What is the purpose? of this? Almost all of you have had an x-ray or had a an exam of some kind, what's the purpose? They're trying to look down below the surface and see what's really underneath. And, and these tests, some of them just like an MRI, I mean it's slicing everything in your body down to these tiny little things so they can look at each little layer and this is what James is doing with his book he's a master surgeon he is dividing and digging and penetrating into the life of God's people he's getting up in your business up in your face and he's doing it like a rabbi would you know we're. I, I often wonder why, you know, when we're talking to somebody in our counseling, you can ask the elders and we're telling them, look, this is going to destroy your life and they argue with us and then we have to get a little stronger and they argue and we get a little stronger. Well you're not being nice. You're not being kind. We don't thank God they're not dealing with James. He'd rip them to shreds. Thank God they weren't dealing with the Apostle Paul. Thank God they weren't dealing with Jesus. He had no tolerance for those things because he knew what it was going to cost you knew what it would cost me and so they were very blunt these teachers and James is going down deep and here he's going to talk about speech ethics what Dr. Richard Baucom calls speech ethics brilliant and he's it's it goes like this listen carefully because it's so important what we say and James has been saying this he's pulling these threads now he's starting to tie some things together because you know he's been doing these loose aphorisms, kind of proverbial teaching, throwing stuff out there and you don't know the connections, but he does start to bring them closer together and here is a place where he really pulls these strings together. And he says, what you do, how you act, and what you say, not only externally, not just what comes out of your mouth, although he's talking specifically about that, he also is tying it to our internal speech patterns. What is going on inside? I can say, I won't do it now, we just don't have time. There's, you know, people watching on YouTube, I, I can't see their expression. They may go get their guns and start coming to the church. So God forbid. We don't want to make anybody mad. But I can, t- I can, I can tell you, I can find out what your idols are in less than 30 seconds, and all I need is four or five words. And I can trigger the idolatry, and you could too if you knew me well enough, and I won't tell you what mine are, but you could trigger and find out right away what those idols are. Just with a few words. And I ask you to think deep was what I was talking about before. There's internal speech and words that are swirling around in, in our culture today that are unacceptable in the life of any Christian. And they must be confronted. If you don't, them they're going to run wild like a fire. And so these external and internal voices, James and Jesus and all of Scripture say this. What you say... Uh, What you believe internally, externally, how you act, what you do is an integration of who you are you can't separate you can fool people by saying one thing and doing another what is that that's hypocrisy and it's condemned throughout the scripture pharisaism is condemned throughout the scripture Jesus said it and all of scripture bears witness I read the proverbs every day I've been doing it for five years and I have read I, I com- complete the book of proverbs in one month I read one proverb a day there's 31 wonderful thing to do and it has crushed me it has crushed me and I'm a paragon of virtue I'm your pastor but my goodness folks it has gone down and dissected my soul and I've seen some things I I can't unsee let the Bible do it let God's spirit and his word do that in your life and you will be transformed It'll take your whole life to be transformed, but you'll be transformed. You will be in the process of actually getting closer to your Lord. You'll know more of the dirt in your life, but you'll also know more of His beauty and His holiness at the same time. And all James is doing here is he's doing an MRI, an xi CAT scan. He's going down deep. He's going to go down and he's going to just divide these things and he's going to, at the end of, uh, if you heard what he said, he said, are he was bold enough to even question your and my salvation? Are you even a Christian? Now I can't get away with that. If I dare do that, people would would they would leave the the only person left in this church would be my wife. And maybe. She might even leave. You just don't cry. Who are you to say that I'm saved? James, he's saying it. He's saying, you know, are, are you even a Christian? If this is going on in your heart, and your pastors are telling you, and my word is telling you, and you're just letting it run like a fire through your life, are you even a Christian? Are you not going to rein these things in? Are you powerless to do that? Do you have the Holy Spirit in you? Can you do it? Yes, you can. He is recapitulating the the teaching of Scripture, all of it almost. It's it's remarkable. Listen, I I started going through these this week. I ran out of room. We'd be here all day. I'm just going to read you a couple. Listen, out of the mouth of Jesus, to the church, to the people that were coming to him from all different walks of life, this is what your Savior said, you brood of vipers, how you speak, how do you speak good when you are evil? I have a church would be empty if I said that. I'm getting away with it because I'm just quoting him. Listen to the words of your Savior. You brood of vipers, how do you speak good when you're evil? For out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. This people honors me with their lips, but their mouth is far from me. Jesus, James, all of Scripture is intensely concerned with what Dr. Baucoms calls speech ethics. Because it's not just... You know, talking, talking, if you're going to be honest, if you're speaking truth, it's going to reveal who you really are. And this is what is so crucial about what we say we can. He's already said, you can't talk one way and act another. You can't do one thing, not believe another. Your, your works are justified. Your faith is justified by your actions. You can't just say stuff and act a different way. It is so crucial. It is fundamental to who we are as Christian people. And so he's taking this deep dive, internally, externally, these things reflect our heart. What's going on inside is going to come out, out of the abundance of our heart and mouth speaks. Maybe in, maybe in private, maybe when you're watching TV, you know, you're throwing stuff at the TV or reading your newsfeed. whatever it is. If it's causing that in you, it's got you and there's an idol there that needs to be confronted why am I so overwrought with what's going on in my country why am I so well we deserve this and we do. you know what folks the next breath you take right now in this room you do not deserve can I get an amen you don't deserve any breath in your lungs who are we are we out of our minds There's a cross back here behind me and I'm sorry it's a Protestant cross. I wish it was a Catholic or an Eastern Orthodox cross because you could see a body up there at least and know what it cost us, cost him to get us. We've cleaned it up too much and I'm telling you. The church is the only group of people that are going to actually stand up and be and do what is prophetically needed in our generation. And I'm challenging you as the people of Christ the King to step up and do it. Yeah? That's pretty weak. Yeah? You're going to step up and do it? Yeah, come on. This world is going to pass away. Jesus will not pass away. Guard your heart. He's... Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Not just saying it, listening to it. Listening to the constant spewing of hatred and vitriol. Never in our, never in our history has it been like this in our country. And it's even going on in the church. No winnow as we say here no El Paso, no bueno por nada. We got to stop it and only it has to stop here. We're the salt and light. Look straight ahead, fix your eyes on what lies before you. What lies before you? You here in this room, what lies before you? I'll tell you, a grave lies before you. Everybody in this room is going to die. That grave is staring at you and if you're willing to listen to the gospel, what you'll see is a cross next to that grave or behind or in front or whatever image you want to come up with. And it is saying, look beyond that grave, look to me. Trust me. Guard your heart. And so James goes in very quickly. Look at how he does it. Most of this is self-explanatory, so I'm not going to exegete every single word, but I am going to tell you what he's doing. The the train of thought that he is bringing to bear on us. Look at verse one and two. He issues a very stark, a very deep warning. He takes a deep dive and he says, "I'm warning you, teachers, that not many of you should be teachers because you're going to be judged with." Greater strictness, now he's talking to the elders in the church, pastors, to people that have any kind of authority. You could be the leader of a ministry or what have you. If you're helping and teaching and instructing others, he's warning you, be careful how you speak. He's not talking about uh, just, you know, cutting down all your conversation, but watch what you're saying. Because people are looking to you for answers and for help. Then he goes wider. He addresses the teachers, but now he's going to go a little wider. He said, all stumble. He's saying, you know, everybody has this problem with their tongue, with what's going on in their heart. We all struggle with this. But if we don't stumble in our speech, if we look at what our, our, our the way we talk and what is generating that talk in our heart, if we're willing to self-examine what the Puritans called the inner look, if we're looking, if we're willing to look with some degree of introspection, I'm not talking about navel gazing and getting all into self and you know all that, but at least look inside what's going on in here and address it honestly. It's not easy to do, I don't like it, but that's what Christianity tells you to do. Go take that deep dive. What, what is the motive of my heart? Because why? We'll look at the next verse power control is in the tongue in our speech the way we talk to ourselves the way we talk to others what we think about ourselves what we think about others what's going on in here Jesus said out of the abundance of your heart, it's going to come out somewhere somehow and look what he does he uses amazing analogies. What he's talking about is the course of your life. How much more important could any teaching be than what this man is giving us? The very course and direction of your life is going to be set by this. And look what he says. The analogy, the the example he uses. Horses, large, powerful, yet they're guided by a bit, a small bit in their mouth. I don't know if any, do any of you ride horses? Any of you really into that? Uh, I've been on horses a few times. I got on one that was wild and took me off. I'm lucky to be here today. Uh, and for all you Christians, I'm blessed to be here today. Uh, but I mean, right, really, you know, and that animal, there was no way I was going to control him. I was hauling on the bridle and doing all kinds of yelling, screaming, crying out for God. I wasn't going to control that powerful animal. But what James is saying, if you know, if you got the bit and you know what to do with it, you can control it. Even that big powerful animal in ships, so large, driven by powerful winds. I mean, the winds, uh, in, in West Texas, you don't have to imagine strong winds. 80 miles an hour is, you know, a breezy day here. Crazy weather that we have when it's blowing. That ship can be guided by a very small rudder. Listen to what he says. So, now he's going to pull it together. So the tongue, though it's small, like a, bri- like a bit, like a bridle, like a, a rudder. He's going to talk about a flame, just a little flame in a minute. Same thing. Yet the tongue is small, but it boasts great things. And how great a forest is set on fire by such a small little flame. I mean, you leave your, your campfire with just a few embers, not even burning, and it can set a... You know, the is always burning, Cloudcroft's always burning. Something's always burning down here by the desert. Because even a small flame can turn into a fire. And look how he describes it. It's a world of unrighteousness. And it is set among our members. He's saying it's taking control of your body, who you are. Staining your whole body. Setting on fire the entire course of life and that fire is hell. He's saying the origin of all of this is hell. The the devil, Satan, he loves to see the church arguing. He loves to pit uh, elephants against donkeys. He loves that. He doesn't care. He has no no interest in one party or the other. He loves it when we hate each other. He doesn't care whether you're black or white or, or, or brown or any other color, race. He doesn't care. Let's get them hating each other. Then I am king. I am in control because I can get them to hate each other you say, well but we deserve to stand up for in this and this and they're tearing down statutes and you know and and they tore down this and they're putting up this and they're doing this. welcome to his world welcome to the world of Satan it's a world of unrighteousness he's saying now there's right and wrong and there's justice and there's good and bad it's why we have laws and thank God we live in America where we actually have laws and I pray that they don't get taken away from us because then boy the 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 separation of chaff and wheat is going to even get crazier in the United States we're fortunate to live in a country where there's some laws but what it does to you as Christians and my only concern is what it does to you as Christians that's all the authority I have folks and I don't want it to get your heart I'm not saying you don't say anything about it or keep quiet. You know, go vote, do whatever you want to protest on one side or the other. Knock yourself out. We have a right to do that, at least for a while. But don't let it get your heart. Don't let it take control of you. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is sovereign. And don't let it cause your a fire to go wild in your soul to where you can't control it look what he says in seven and eight every beast every bird reptile secret they all can be tamed but not the tongue he's telling you this is something that is uncontrollable it's all you get to feeling helpless You say gosh what am i going to do if it's so hopeless why should i even try i'm going to tell you in a minute he says it's a restless evil it's full of deadly poison none of us would drink poison knowingly if somebody put poison in front of you and said here's poison drink it None of us would do that. And yet every day we are being fed poison and we're imbibing it with all our gusto. Put some sort of discernment in front of you, folks, if you're a Christian. James is saying, not me, he's saying, do not let this happen. It's untamable. It can't be controlled. And then he says, and here's where he really gets pointed and where I hope you get very uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable reading this. I almost wanted to skip it, but, you know, it's on the schedule. I can't get away from it uh, for preaching. So he talks about in 9 and 10, look at 9 and 10. He talks about the absurdity. He is bringing an absurdity to you, something that is just, I mean, he's saying, really? (laughs) That's really what he's saying are you gonna really we bless our Lord with this mouth of ours we bless our Lord and father we curse people made in the image of God from the same mouth issues blessing and cursing and then he says brothers and sisters not so how can it be he, 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 he's exasperated he is out of his mind he doesn't know what in the world. how can this be how is it possible that we think those things can live together in our soul they cannot live together in our soul jesus must be the overarching power in your soul everything else falls out they are not faith and our faith and our religion our christianity is not tied to anything on this world jesus said my kingdom is not tied to this world it is not from this world, he told Pilate. It's a whole other thing. He told Pilate, you have nothing to fear. And in his genius, he said to Pilate, you have everything to fear. At the same time, this man was a genius. He says, oh, don't worry about this kingdom. It's not from this world. But the way he said it and the context in which it was said and who he was talking to was saying, you have everything to fear of this kingdom. You better fear. I'm the truth. What is truth? I'm the truth. Wow. It's untamable and it's absurd for us to let these things And If this has been you and it's been me, I already confessed my sin to you this morning. Um, I'm this person. I struggle with these battles in myself every day. So do you. And I have to confront them, and I do. Not, not, not purely good sometimes, but I, I, I'm aware. I'm hearing James say, Are you going to do that? And I, I'm saying no. And I'm hoping that all of you are saying to yourselves right now, You know what? No more. I'm going to put a stop to this in my life. What's going on inside, my words, how I'm thinking, how I'm talking, uh, I'm going to rein it in. Does spring water, does a spring pour forth the same? This is 11 and 12. He's saying, Are you even a Christian? This is where he just hammers us, folks. I don't know anybody that would have the chutzpah to do this. I can't do it. I'm a pastor. And sometimes I talk to people and I say, Are they even a Christian? They've been going to church here all the way. They've been taking the sacrament. They've been doing all this. I baptize them. I, I, are they? Because it's so contrary. And here he goes, and he comes in hard, he comes in deep. Nobody could do it now. Today we would be accused of not being nice, right De- Right De- Right, Rick? Right? You're not nice to me. Here's our elders. Where's Ugo back there. You're not nice, Ugo. You're mean, that's right. All right, enough of that. That's soapbox. That's not even part of the sermon. OK. He's saying, does a spring bring forth the same opening fresh and salt water? He's questioning going right to the bottom of it. Can a fig tree bear olives? No. Can a grapevine bear figs? No. And then he says, he's expecting you to get it because he's a rabbi and you're the student and uh, you're in his rabbinic school and he's saying to you, neither can... A salt pond yield fresh water. You see, he's asking you to make the connection. If this is you, then your whole Christianity is in question. So, oh my gosh, don't... It, you know, I, ha- I had someone tell me the other day, I don't even think I'm a Christian anymore after talking to you. This is true. I met with them at Madeline Park. Well, anyway, I, t- I told... Them, I was just being honest with them. They don't go to this church. Their pastor sent them to me. I convinced them they weren't Christians. I sent them back to their pastor, and he calls me, he says, I'm never sending you another person. Are you out of your mind? I said to him, I'm fine I was finally able to get it off my chest and say it to somebody else. And I'm glad they're your people. Actually it was a much nicer conversation. I'm being I'm doing a little theater here, folks, just for effect. But I hope you understand the point. I don't want any of you to leave here questioning your salvation. What I do want you to question is what is going on in your heart and reign it in. When you come, get, when we take communion today, you can just simply say, Lord, what he said is me. And with your body and your blood, the power, the dynamic power of your Holy Spirit, change me. Start today. And then watch what happens the rest of your life. And every day when you're praying, Lord, I see these things rising up. Nope, I'm going to stop them. I'm going to focus on Jesus. He is Lord. He is King. Give me wisdom, Father. Next week we're going to talk. He goes right into this. Didn't have time. But James leaves 12. He goes into 13, verse 13, following to the end of the chapter, talking about the two kinds of wisdom. You see, we need wisdom. He's been talking about wisdom all along. And he's talking about wisdom, making your way through this very turbulent world with wisdom and poise and a Christian heart that is on fire, not for these things, but for him and his gospel. Then I would argue, listen carefully to me, When that is taking place, then you can become a good citizen of your country, whether you live in America, whether you live in Mexico, whether you live in Venezuela, whether you live where my family came from, Syria. Wherever you live, whatever the circumstances, you can move through that life with power and with strength and with the Holy Spirit let that take its place on the throne of your life and everything else find its orbit around it what you say what you think what you do James is pulling it all day said that is you and you are your heart heart is not your emotions heart is you who you are entirely your thoughts your emotion your will your being that's what heart is In its essence, in Biblical, the Hebrew is very clear, the heart is the center of you. It is all of you. Your emotions are part of it. Your rationale is part of it. All that, all good. But your heart is you. What's got your heart? That's who you are. And how in the world do you ever take control of this tongue? How? Listen. Listen to this. This is a, this is the truth that will set you free. They took Jesus in front of the high priest. Well, aren't you going to answer these things? Aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? No answer. They dragged him in front of the Sanhedrin and they made accusations against him. Jesus remained silent. They hauled him up in front of Pilate, the governor of Judea. Pilate says, aren't you going to answer these charges? He made no reply. Pilate was amazed. Jesus told his followers, don't you think I can speak one word, one word out of my mouth and ten legions of angels will come down and rescue me? Don't you think I can do that with one word? He was oppressed, He was afflicted, yet He said never a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter as a sheep silent before her shears. He did not open His mouth, He kept quiet. Why? so that you and I could speak words of life. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and the life that He had was the light of men. This man, this Jesus, who those of you here today that have been baptized and are about to take heart in His body and His blood, if you have claimed the name of Jesus Christ, this is your God who created the world with His word. A good world, a beautiful world. And then He saved it by remaining silent. And He's asking you to trust Him with your words, with your thoughts, with your life, taking your mess. Don't clean up and then go. Go, let him clean up. You don't have enough soap, there's not enough water in the world to wash away our sins. Who will cleanse this crimson tie? Who will take it away? Wash me Savior or I die. And every Sunday, folks, we ask you, will you trust? Is Jesus your King? If he is, and say yes to him. But yes, I'm going to rain. I'm going to do this. I'm going to trust you. And I hope you will. The man who created the world with his words kept silent to save the world. Let's pray. Father, um, how can we ever thank you for all that? I mean, it makes us speechless, and maybe we should be speechless for a few moments. And just think deeply about what you've done. And all you're asking us to do is to look inside, control our heart, trust you with that. When it gets out of control to go pray and repent and believe the gospel and go back again and again and again for the rest of our lives, we're going to trust you. We're never going to get to a place where we can tame that tongue, but we can come to you and you through the power of your spirit, you can change us. And I beg you to do that, Father, for all of us. For us leaders, us teachers, and for everyone else who struggles with these deeply dividing issues in the heart, help us. We don't want to be in the middle. We want to be off the grid, off the continuum, up in the heavens. Help us. Save us. And have mercy on us, O God, by your grace. Amen.